Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. My guest today is Bailey Ruskus, also known as Chef Bay. Classically trained at Le Cordon Bleu in San Francisco, Bailey's been in business for herself for 10 years, but three years ago, she made the switch to become a completely vegan business. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) She's been a longtime warrior of endometriosis and has discovered her own tools to heal her body through food and health. Now based in San Diego, she cooks for top executives, professional athletes, and many others, hosts virtual cooking classes in her online membership, and hosts corporate wellness programs around the globe. Welcome to the show, Bailey. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Very excited to talk to you, particularly because you veganized your business, and we're going to get into that very soon. But first of all, I'm curious. So you, you when people choosing names for their business, it's often something that people can spend a lot of time about and it's like well do I you know build a brand like a personal brand around my my own name or do I do something else do I choose something a bit more uh, you know a bit different you've kind of built yours around your personal brand um yeah not only your own name Bailey Ruskus but particularly Chef Bay um tell us why you made that decision I mean, it was a lot of trial and error. Like my first business name was called Bite Me San Francisco, which is (laughs) (laughs) I cringe at my old business cards now, but you know, you just don't know what you're doing. And then I transitioned it. It was called Straight to the Source. So that was like the second name. And then I ended up going on, I started working on retreats. It was like part of my business for a really long time. And I was cooking for New York Times bestselling authors on like an author retreat. And they were like bouncing around names. And like, I, I kind of was part of this like workshop and they all were just like, this business name just doesn't work for you. And we feel like you should be, you know, and authors are such like creative, like, you know, you know, existential types. And they were like, you know, you should be Chef Bay. Like this just sounds like you. And when I lived in San Francisco, my friends, you know, I definitely like partied a lot. And uh, in my early twenties and they would always call me Bay Bay. They'd be like, Oh, Bay Bay's out when I was like having a good time. So I kind of thought it was just like perfect that they said it was Chef Bay. And then from that moment on, like from the whole ret- retreat, like all the authors were calling me Chef Bay. And then my family started calling me Chef Bay. And then my friends started catching on. And then I was like, you know what? This is kind of awesome. I'm just going to like take this and run with it. And I haven't actually thought about it since. So it's funny you ask me this question. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, it just kind of stuck and it works and people like it. And now Chef Bay is like in bold letters on my book. Um, so it's, it's here to stay. <laughs> I love that. I love that you found something that fits and, and that yeah. it's okay to change the name. Sometimes you, you just grow out of an older name and you totally. rebrand into something else. So I love that you found something that works and that, uh, fits for you. So three years ago, you were running a successful business. So tell us what, so before you veganized your business, give us a little snapshot of what your business looked like. So you've been running it for a few years. I say you're yeah. classically trained with Le Cordon Bleu, you know, amazing, mm-hmm. uh, chef training. What did your business look like? What were you doing at that time before you decided to turn it vegan? vegan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my business has had like so many different life forms. When I look back, it's just like, 
it's so funny. I have so much compassion for the younger version of myself, just like, you know, winging it basically. Um, but when I lived in San Francisco, my business was primarily private chefing. So I would private chef for top executives and, you know, like athletes and things like that. And that was like the big chunk of my business. Um, when I lived in San Francisco. And then I ended up actually moving to Colorado for a year and was dealing with my own health journey and decided that I was going to start working for people with food allergies. As I was in school for nutrition, I was like, I kind of want to like stop just making fancy plates and charging a lot of money and kind of transition into working for more like everyday people who really need food for healing. Um, And at the time I still wasn't plant-based. But that's when I kind of like was learning a lot and that was my business. It was private chefing again, just kind of. And I was also um, leading retreats. So I was leading retreats on the Mayan Riviera and kind of teaching and talking about food. Um, And then when I moved to San Diego, I basically my business went vegan because I went vegan. And I remember actually I was cooking and at this time I was doing like cooking classes and like consulting for restaurants and other business owners and private chefing and like one-on-one coaching. Like I was kind of like doing all the things, you know, Jill of all trades as some people call it. (laughs) And, um, I, I was cooking, what was I doing? I think I was gutting a fish and I had gone vegan and I was actually listening to, um, James Aspie, he's a big vegan activist. I know James, he's a friend of mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. So I was listening to um, one of his speeches because he's just like such an amazing speaker. And I'm literally crying listening to this speech as I'm gutting a fish for a client. And I was just like, oh my God, like I can't keep doing this anymore. But I just didn't know how to change because, you know, when you're a classically trained chef and all your clients are used to you cooking meat and with dairy and stuff, like it was just really hard. It was a very hard decision for me to make to go vegan. But once I did, I just felt this like huge weight off my shoulders. I felt like just so much better spiritually and like everything just kind of like personally made more sense. My clients like weren't that into it at first, but you know, (laughs) I just made the change. I had to, it was like a personal decision. And I just like, I'm just not someone that can. And I I was for a long time, you know, I've worked in restaurants and bars and I've always kind of used to do that on the side with my business just to get more experience. And, um, yeah, I just no, no longer could work and do something for like my life's work that didn't like stand right with my ethics personally. Wow. Now you mentioned, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. James will be very happy. I'll make sure he sees this episode. Uh, he'll be really happy that. to know the impact that he's had. Um, so uh, it's interesting you say that your clients weren't into it at the beginning. So tell us about the challenges because it is a bit of a, a difference, especially with something like food. So did you kind of, how did you go yeah. about it? Like, did you make this big announcement, say, hey, right now I'm just doing plant-based stuff or, you know, a vegan stuff, or did you kind of do it quietly and stealthily? Like, How did you go about doing it and what were some of the reactions? actions you got? Yeah. So, I mean, online, it was really harsh, you know, because I go from sharing pictures of like avocado toast with eggs on it or like, you know, just whatever. I go from posting like my typical like trendy kind of post. And at the time, like four years ago, three, four years ago, it wasn't like trendy to be plant-based. You're still kind of like you're still kind of like fringe a little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, um, So I announced that I was going plant-based for my health like months before, 
And because everyone online hadn't seen like my health struggles, like my endometriosis struggles. It's just like having endometriosis is just such a, the struggle is just like such a good word for, word for it. And then I had decided that like I'm no longer going to be posting anything else. And I kind of made little announcements here and there, but I was honestly afraid because when I did make these little announcements, I got so many haters online, people just like not being nice, not being supportive, having all these like snide comments. And at the time, like I wasn't like, I wasn't ready for that. You know, now I can handle them. No problem. Like whatever trolls, like get out of here. But (laughs) at the time it was really hard for me because I was also healing and dealing with my own, my own battles. And I was also in a kind of vulnerable place in my business because I had only been a San Diego resident for like a year. So I was still like freshly starting my business all over again, which felt like for the second time. So it kind of just, it was definitely really hard. And like, I lost clients for sure. People were just not into it. They were like, well, like, could you make an exception for me? And um, I couldn't, you know, and there's one family that I still would cook fish for here and there because I just like loved them so much. And they had already, you know, had such amazing results with their health. So I just didn't want to just like abandon them. Um, So I like kind of helped wean them off. And, you know, at first they like didn't, we're like, we're not going to eat tofu. You're crazy. And so now I'm actually still cooking for that family. They're like one of my only private chef clients still. Um, But yeah, now they just like love the vegan food. They love it. And it's so cool to see like the transition because it is a slow process. And as much as I wanted to just be like, okay, I'm cutting everybody off of meat and dairy, like, sorry, you know, you kind of have to realize you're dealing with like, you know, generations of traditions and, you know, it's like you got to like ease people in and be compassionate and take it really slow. So so yeah, it was really rough actually. It was like yeah, really intense. Wow. My husband was like supporting me financially and like it was just like it was a mess. But once I finally just committed and stayed in that commitment, finally I started to get like so much momentum because I was plant-based that it just like it kind of took off from there. Yeah, I love that. I love that you mm-hmm. shared that and in such depth as well because I think it shows people, yes, somehow, you know, when you make a decision that's you know, maybe people have been following you and then suddenly you make this big change. Yes, you're going to lose some followers. You're going to get some trolls. But when you really and then you can, like you say, you went through that period where you initially lost clients or lost some work. But when you really kind of stand in your power or, you know, kind of, you know, say, no, this is me. This is what I'm about. You then actually, like you said, you do start to attract people who are like, oh, yeah, I want her because she's plant based. So, um, exactly. yeah, I love that yeah. you shared that. Another thing that you mentioned is that, yeah, you've moved. So you were in San Francisco, you moved in San Diego. And it's interesting, when I read that you were a private chef, I thought, oh, why isn't she in LA? Because I could imagine, you know, be a lots of business there, you yeah. know, for celebrities, private chefing. So um, totally. why San Diego? And, and uh, can you talk us through, because that is interesting, when you're doing something like what you're doing, where it involved, at, certainly at the time, I know you've shifted to, to more online stuff as well, but when you like move to a new place and the business is kind of local, uh, you do almost mm-hmm. have to start again. And that comes with its own challenges. Yeah. San Diego was a random choice. Like I moved back in with my parents um, in my mid twenties because of my health issues and I was desperate to, and they live in Colorado and I was just like desperate to get out. And so I actually had this opportunity to help open up this cooking school for people with cancer and autoimmune diseases. And, um, the cooking school didn't end up working out within like the first three days of me moving to San Diego. It just blew up basically like the contracts, like the whole thing was just like, they were being shady. And I just like, 
you know, wanted to very much underpay me very much. Like the whole thing was just really just not for me. And I was old enough at the time to be like, no, I'm not going to sign a contract. It's not something that I'm into. So I was basically living in San Diego with no money. (laughs) I didn't know really anyone. I had one friend and I was living on her floor and I was like, okay, like, here we go again. Like, I'm just going to start from scratch, start all over. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting, I like swallowed my pride. I got a bartending job. I was like, I'm just going to try to make this work. Like, and I grew up going to LA in the summers. My, um, my grandma lived in LA growing up and I just knew that LA was just not the place for me. Um, it was just like too much traffic, too much smog. Like I love LA. I love to visit, but that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, like I just want to visit LA and San Diego just has this really great energy to it. It's so beautiful. It's like so much slower than San Francisco. People are more smiley. Like it's just an energy. So I really wanted to be a part of that. And I just made it work. And while I bartended, I like made my business work. And I just was like, you know, I like literally took my pride out of the room and was like, I'm just going to like put my nose down, do what I need to do. And I'm actually so glad because I was bartending and I met my husband because he bartended there. Um, wow. So we, yeah, we like fell in love and then I was <laughs> able to to quit. So I think it had its its purpose for sure. Absolutely. The universe brought you there. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. So I think yeah. that's really helpful because sometimes when people see like when where people are at right now, they're like, you know, you've got this book out, which we'll be talking about shortly, or, you know, private chef, you're leading global retreats and it all looks very glamorous. And people think, oh, well, you must have started here. And then it all just went success, success, success. And I love that you shared that. No, actually, there were times when you had to stop and start. And like you said, just, you know, to, in order to make it work, you might have to go and get a part-time job or a full-time job even and then start yeah. it again so I really appreciate people like you sharing things like because sometimes oh. people don't always do you know what I mean they kind of want to you know share the kind of the phoenix you know the the glamorous side so I really appreciate you sharing yeah sharing and I that. think it's really easy to look at someone's like year 10 and compare it to your day three and it's really yeah. just like the the journey has been so windy and Yeah. It's just been like when I first moved to San Diego too, even when I was bartending, starting my business, there were, it was honestly the flakiest town I had ever been to. Like people doing consultations and then like never, never answering my emails ever again, or like people not showing up for consultations or like, it was just so weird. And the whole thing with the contract, I was like, is this the place that I want to live? Starting my business seems so impossible right now. Um, but you just got to stick it out. You know, I feel like for every a hundred no's, there's going to be a yes somewhere in there. And you just have to like, it's hard to start a brand new community in a brand new place. And sometimes it just doesn't click right away. And it really didn't for me for like over a year. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm glad you stuck yeah. there. I've actually been to San Francisco. I went actually in 2012 to do, I went to do, I don't know if you've heard of Debbie Ford. She was running these shadow workshops and I was staying with mm. a friend in LA and I got the train to San Diego and I found, you know, how vegans tend to find one another. There were two other vegans I found on the course. And at the end of the night we went to, and I can't remember the name of it, but we went to a lovely vegan restaurant and had a great meal. And then we hired one of those carriage type things where they drive you around the city and it was absolutely lovely. So I get why you're in San Diego it is it is beautiful yeah and I'm actually like on my way to San Francisco right now on my book tour and I'm so excited like I love San Francisco so much there's an energy to the city that just is like no other place I've ever been and yeah I mean my husband would never live there so we could probably never go back but it's so right. fun to visit I've only been yeah. to San Francisco I've been to San Diego that was San Diego oh you've been to San Diego okay San- 
Yeah, San Diego. And then San Francisco, I spent about four hours in during an airport oh, okay, thing. Okay. And so I've seen oh, the okay. Castro and that's about it. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> So you've been doing like your your work consists of um, well, certainly um, pre-COVID. It looks like you're getting back to, to some of that is like with the private chefing, doing the mm-hmm. hosting the retreats globally. Obviously, that came to a standstill in 2020. How did the COVID oh, yeah. situation impact your business? Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was like it was a nightmare. Like the governor came on. I'll just never forget this day. It was March 15th. And, uh, the governor came on the, the live airways or whatever you want to call it. And he basically announced that California is in a statewide shutdown. All beaches are closed. Like everything's closed, you know, stay at home. And basically right after that happened, I got call after call, after call, after call from my clients, just canceling for the next extended amount of time. So I only had one client that stuck with me. And in the same, literally the same hour, my husband got furloughed from his job because he works and he was working in hospitality and um, we canceled our wedding. Like it all happened within an oh, hour. And I was like, wow. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, this is so crazy. You know, all of our retreats had been, everything was canceled. It was just kind of like, and I was not in a position to collect unemployment. Um, so there was just like, it was just all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, we're totally screwed all of a sudden. Um, but it actually like COVID was the best thing that ever happened to my business because it, you know, I always say like when your back's up against the wall, that's when you find out who you really are. And, um, I launched an online program first that completely flopped. Like literally I didn't have one person sign up. I was like, okay, well, this probably isn't going to work. But then I just was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to tweak this. So I tweaked it a little bit and I just actually hosted like a virtual online donation-based cooking class. And we had hundreds of people show up. People were so excited and so ready to cook with us. And we made like thousands of dollars for a donation-based class. And we were like, okay, like maybe there's something to this right now. So we started doing the donation-based or we started just like teaching cooking classes kind of like oh, we're teaching one this week or whatever. And we just had such a high attendance rate that then we actually got, um, we kind of, I don't even know how it happened, but we started teaching virtual corporate um, wellness too, because all these corporate companies had all of this money to spend on their employees, but no one can hang out in person. So it was just like the perfect opportunity. I just like, I pivoted and I saw this opportunity in this online space. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but let's just like go for it and see what happens. And, um, last year alone, we taught over 15,000 people virtually, Mm -hmm. um, the power of plant-based food. And yeah, it was really, really amazing. It was honestly like mind blowing. And through that, um, I actually got offered a book deal in the middle of it all. And it oh, was pretty, cool. pretty amazing just because we just transitioned and pivoted. And, you know, I think a lot with COVID, there's like the two people. There's the person that was like, oh, poor me. This sucks. I'm just going to wait for my checks for the government, blah, 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 blah. And like, I'm not bagging on those people at all. But then there's also the people that pivoted. And every single person that I know that pivoted is doing so well right now because they saw an opportunity. They saw a global change, which in my opinion needed to happen. I wish that it happened differently, of course, but like we needed change. We needed people to wake up to themselves and their families and health and all of these things. And I think this was like such a shake 
like an awakening for a lot of people um, on so many different spectrums of it. And it's just, COVID's just been like the best thing for my business, honestly. Like I hate admitting yeah, I've that. Had few, no, so I know, I've had a few people say that who I've asked. So thank you for sharing that. So tell us about yeah. the marketing then. So what kind of marketing mm-hmm. have you used that's been successful? Like you mentioned you've got hundreds of people showing up on mm-hmm. a donation-based uh, virtual cooking. Um, how did you get them? Did you use paid advertising? Were they people already on your email list? Like how did you, honestly, what is, what's, what's honestly, working right I just, now in the market? I have like a really solid Instagram following. Um, and that's been like the, the thing that's just like really helped just Instagram, honestly. But, you know, I've, I've tried to do paid ads before. I I was, I was a one woman show for a really long time. Like I started my podcast by myself. I was working by myself for, you know, the first nine years of my business. And when my husband got furloughed, I was like, do you want to come on full time and like help me? And just like, let's just see what happens. And the second I hired him, it's like everything kind of changed because I was able to kind of delegate and we could kind of, you know, change how we were doing everything. Um, and it was really that. And then I started my podcast too, which was really helpful as well. It was also something I was terrified of doing. I think everything that I pivoted into doing in 2020, I was just like so scared because I didn't know what I was doing. I started my podcast on the voice memo app on my phone because I was just like, well, this is what I got. Like, let's do this and see what happens. Um, but yeah, what was your original question, actually? Yeah, just how the marketing that's working. So you mentioned Instagram. Yeah, the, so are you talking Instagram, like organic yeah. posts or like reels or stories? What what, what was Yeah. The- yes. So once reels came out, I like really like took that. I was kind of like I I felt like a grandma on TikTok. I like didn't know what was happening. But then when <laughs> reels came out, it felt a little bit more palatable. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, TikTok, this is so wild. But now, honestly, TikTok <laughs> is such an amazing tool. You can grow so quickly using TikTok. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a marketing agency. I actually really want to hire one. Um, but yeah, I just I was doing some Facebook ads on my own. But sometimes when you're doing Facebook ads, you just and you're not an expert at it, you just feel like you're kind of throwing money into the universe. Um, and so yeah, a lot of it was just like Instagram and people telling their friends and people sharing and just like word of mouth. And honestly, to this day, even and just honestly, the podcast is great because when you have a podcast, probably like you know, you're able to make connections with people who are doing cool things who also want to support you, like you're supporting them by having them on the podcast from you know their kind of promotions as well. So I've just created You know, it's who you know, and there's so much truth to that because, you know, especially for this book, when you're launching the book, it's all about community and like getting people to kind of help rally around you to get the word out about the book because, you know, even you need lots of money to have a marketing agency and to like promote in that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned, mm-hmm. so you went vegan. I noticed on your website, you don't use the word vegan a lot. And I wonder if that was mm-hmm. a deliberate choice. Kind of, and everyone's got different. I, always, I like to ask people this question because there's no wrong or yeah. right answer. Every business is different. I'm just wondering if you can just talk us briefly through a bit of your choice about, um, you know, the word plant-based versus vegan and, you know, how much you kind of use those words in your marketing material and branding. <sighs> Yeah, I think I go back and forth with it all the time. You know, I I feel like our website is always a work in progress and it always will be. Um, I used to have this idea that, okay, website's done now. And it's just like, it's always just a work in progress. It's always going to grow and change as I grow and change as the business grows and changes. And, you know, I work with a lot of people who have chronic health issues and a lot of people are really afraid of the word vegan. And I get it. You know, there's, 
a lot of just like under education around what it actually is. And there's people have bad experiences with vegan food that doesn't taste like anything. Um, and it's also just like fear, like people just are afraid of what they don't know. And so for me, I just try to like stay focused on the fact of like, you can eat what you want and what you need. Um, and really helping people eat more plant focused foods. Because at the end of the day, like if I have a vegan business and I'm promoting veganism, that doesn't necessarily mean that my client is going to suddenly become a vegan overnight. Um, so it's really about trying to just like relate to them and where they're at right now, because it's not like I've been a vegan forever. But now that I have my book, my book is very much a vegan, vegan book. It's called Cook, Heal, Go Vegan. And so it really was kind of like my transition into like owning like, okay, this is about veganism. Um, and yeah, it's been a really interesting kind of transition and kind of like, okay, well, being more plant focused to like, nope, this is about vegan and all senses of the way that vegan is. And I'm really trying to kind of demystify this whole vegan word and kind of redefine what it means to be vegan in general. And, you know, it's, people talk about angry vegans, but I have met far more not angry vegans than I've met <laughs> angry vegans. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So talking about the book, so yeah, as you mentioned, you've got the new book, it's called Cook, Heal, Go Vegan. Um, how yeah. did, uh, I was going to ask you how the book came about. You actually already touched on that in that you yeah. um, you were doing your online, you were doing your, your, your virtual cooking classes and you got noticed by a traditional publisher, um, yeah. one of the imprints. Macmillan so they came yeah. to you because they could see it which is I think is interesting because I know with and I've been published by traditional publishers and I've self-published so I, I kind of know the difference and it is interesting I think particularly nowadays that publishers are looking for people with an audience with a red with a, right. a ready-made audience so that they know there's a bit more of confidence that when they hire you give you you know your commission your and and uh, up front and everything that you're going to sell books so it's interesting that they yeah. came to you so did, was it one publisher that came to you and offered you a deal and you were like like, yep, I'm happy to do it. Pretty much. I mean, I had been putting, you know, I'm all about manifestations and putting the feelers out into the universe. And so I have been manifesting a cookbook since I was a small child. I've been cooking in um, kitchen since I was 11. So it's really all I've ever done. And I like idolized like Emeril and Martha Stewart. And like, I don't know, I just like loved these people who were TV personalities and also chefs and just like inspiring people to cook because they inspired me to cook when I was a kid. And um, so, yeah, I always wanted to write a cookbook. And so the whole year before, I just kept telling people, oh, I'm writing a cookbook. And they'd be like, oh, who's your publisher? And I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just still deciding, you know, <laughs> when in reality, I was just like, just putting it out there. And they offered me a deal. And I, I came back with a counter offer and they came back with a higher offer than my counter offer. Um, I think once they realized like my credentials and just all of my knowledge and everything, and I took it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know, because it was only like three months before that I was looking at my husband being like, what are we going to do? We're totally screwed. And then three months later, we get offered this amazing book deal. And um, Macmillan's a great like distribution company, a great publishing company. Mm -hmm. And their um, smaller publishing is called Page Street. It's like a little arm off of Macmillan. And I just like really vibed with the whole team. And they just like really took my ideas. They used the branding from my website. They used all the fonts that I like. So it was really just like a team effort. And I really, after cooking for, you know, New York Times bestselling authors, I got a whole like view and my mom's an author actually. And my brother's an author too. And my mom self-published and my brother went with the traditional publishing company out of London. And so I was really able to see like all of the different variables and all the different things that can happen. And I just like didn't have 
twenty, thirty thousand dollars to publish my own book. I just couldn't afford it. There was like absolutely no way. And I also really wanted to use a traditional publishing company because I wanted the marketing. I wanted their awesome graphic design team. I wanted PR, you know, like I wanted all of these things that kind of come as a package deal. And yeah, I not going to make as much money. But for me, it's more about like reach and reaching as many people as possible and getting the brand out there and getting my name out there and the message out there. And for me, a traditional publishing company was like what I was always thinking that I wanted, especially for my first couple books while I'm still starting out. Yeah, nice. And it's good that you've been yeah. able, you mentioned it's been a good team. So you've, you've obviously presumably had control over your title and your book design, your cover design and, and content rather yeah, than like, kind of dictating. It's been more of a collaborative effort is what I'm hearing. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I did all the photos. I shot the cover shot. It was actually amazing. Like they didn't come back with any anything for the photos. They didn't make me reshoot anything. They loved the cover from the beginning. So it's cool to see like, you know, as a, from an artist's perspective, it's cool to see that that's being received really well. Cause it's a little bit different. Like the cover of my book is hot pink. And I literally found a piece of plywood in my alleyway. And I was like, I'm going to spray paint this hot pink and like try to use it for food photography. <laughs> Had no idea it would be the cover of my book one day, but that's what I did. It was like one of my lockdown, like <laughs> one of my lockdown activities, you <laughs> Inspirations. know, I love it. Exactly. And it ended up just becoming the cover of my book. I would say the one thing that we had the hardest time agreeing on was the title. Oh, um, interesting. That was okay. the hard, and it was actually the last thing we decided about the book. Like everything about the book was finished except the title because we just couldn't come to an agreement with like the top guy at Macmillan. And it was just like this whole back and forth. Um, but I definitely like held my. So, ground what did they just, want them? Did they not like the word vegan? Did they want the healing? What can you tell us about that? They wanted more. One. They wanted it originally. They wanted it to be called a beginner's guide to going vegan, and it just felt very like oh. it had been done before. It's, so, it's I, very middle of the right, yeah. 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 And my, my online membership is called cook vibe heal. And I just like, I wanted to have a little bit, I don't, I don't know. And so it kind of, we came to an agreement of a title. I don't know if I would have chosen it, you know, myself, but, um, it worked for them and keywords wise, like it's epic because you write yeah. heal in cookbooks, yeah. you write cook, you write go vegan. It's all popping up now. Um, and it's working nice. because we have been for the last two weeks, we've been number one on Amazon, number one new release in vegan diets and books about endometriosis. So I think it's working. Amazing. <laughs> I yeah. love that you, and I love that you have the confidence to, to, to kind of go back and say, Hey, actually, no, I don't agree with this. And I love that you went back when they offered you an, the initial deal, you had the confidence to go back and say, no, actually I'm, I'm worth more than this. I love that. I really hope people hear that. Uh, and that you got, like you said, you didn't even get just what you asked. You actually got a hire. So I love that you did that and that oh, you yeah. can do it in a, you know, a good way. So you're not seen as a difficult author, but you're someone who knows your work well, and it becomes this collaborative thing. So I think that's really useful for people to hear, to make sure you kind of stand your ground and oh, totally. to get what, what you deserve. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And like, Publishing is a business. So people have to think of that too. And it's a business deal. It's a business agreement. And when you publish through a traditional publisher, like that's a lot of the money that you're going to make unless your book like really blows up and you're able to get royalties and stuff from it. But if you're able to get a bigger advance, then the publishing company, um, sorry about the siren, um, the publishing company that's is okay. probably going, going to spend more money on your marketing and spend more money on your PR. So the higher advance that you get, the more money and skin that they have in the game, and they're going to work way harder for you than if they give you a smaller advance and expect you to get more royalties at the end. 
That's such good advice. I love that. So just to wrap up, a couple of questions. So you've mentioned you yeah. uh, have had endometriosis for quite some time, been in some chronic pain. Yes. So I'm curious what impact that's had, not only in life, but on your business, because particularly because you are self-employed. And when you work for yourself, mm-hmm. you don't get the paid sick days. You know, if you're in pain and you can't show up, basically, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So first of all, right. if you could just very briefly tell us in case anyone's not sure exactly what is endometriosis very briefly and what impact has it had on your life and particularly as a business owner? Yeah. So endometriosis is a chronic inflammatory disease. Um, it's like a reproductive, it, it can be a reproductive disease mainly, but it also can spread into other parts of your body and it affects the endometrial lining, um, around your uterus. So it's basically cells that mimic your endometrial cells and they basically develop in other areas of your body during your cycle. So it causes lots of cysts, lots of inflammation, lots of pain, like hormone imbalances, food intolerances, GI issues, um, you name it. Like I know women that have endometrial cysts on their lungs. Like it's literally just like, it just kind of attacks your whole body. Um, and it's an inflammatory disease. So you know, I've learned a lot more about endometriosis in the last four years and I've learned my whole life, mainly because there's not a lot of funding for endometriosis and women's health in general. Um, and I hope that's something that like our very loud voices will eventually change. Um, but yeah, I've had endo since I was 11 and it was, I've just had wow. to like my first period ever. I thought I was dying. Like actually I was very sick and I was, I was like, if this is what being a woman is like, like I'm not down. (laughs) Like, I want to go back to my childhood. Like, this is a rude wake up call to be, you know, to my initiation into womanhood. Um, and so, yeah, I just suffered super painful periods, like all of high school, um, all of my twenties. I mean, I still suffer today, but it's so much more manageable, so much more under control. You know, I used to be on opiates and hormone replacements. Like they put me on like the highest amount of hormone birth control that you can be on when I was 11. And so my entire development just happened so quickly. And it just like was horrible for my mental health. It was like super traumatic, you know, seeing doctor after doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, especially on your reproductive system as a young woman. And, you know, being a chef as well, like once I was in my 20s, my pain was just so unbearable because I just couldn't get really answers from anyone. And I was also working like a maniac. And so those two things just like really really didn't help. And they kind of led to some drug addictions for me and like party addictions just because I, I couldn't manage my pain and I didn't really feel supported. Um, so yeah, it really led me into being like, I need to figure out what's going on. And I went back to school for nutrition and really started learning about our food system and really started learning about glyphosate and factory farming and all these chemicals that are in our everyday products and all of these things. And I was just like, oh my God, like no wonder I'm sick, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and no wonder so many other people are sick. And that's kind of when I had that light bulb where I was like, I want to have a business that helps people. I want to, I want to have an impact in the world. I want to be able to like, you know, go to sleep every night knowing that I helped even just one person, even if it's just from someone reading a post that I wrote or the food that I'm making is actually helping heal someone instead cause further disease. And all the food I was cooking before that was causing disease. It was causing more harm, not just in the client, but also in, you know, the environment. So mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot that goes into that. And it was like a a lot of grieving period for me because I don't know if grief is the right word, but I just felt so disgusted with myself once I kind of woke up to the realities. And when, but when I finally started to heal myself, when I finally started to kind of 
feel better. Like I always say plant-based save being plant-based saved my life because you know, it's as much as a physical endometriosis, as much as of a physical disease as it is like an emotional traumatic Mm -hmm. disease because, Mm -hmm. you know, and like your question, like, was I working? It was so hard to work. Like after when I moved to San Diego, my endo was the worst it had ever been. I think that's why my husband and I's relationship when he first started dating moved so quickly because I was in so much pain and needed help from someone. I really needed a partner. Um, it's hard to, you know, be by yourself. And um, yeah, I couldn't work. I was especially bartending. I was bartending on the third floor rooftop, just, you know, trying to make it work. And I would have to like go into the bathroom and throw up from the pain or my husband would find me boyfriend at the time, like crying in my car, like in like on my five minute break or something. And so it's definitely really hard, you know, and even to this day, like I have days that I just like I'm like, I just had to tell myself like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. I just like hype myself up through all the pain, like trying to work, you know, because it's still there and it's not, it's not as loud of a voice as it once was. And that is like so great, but it's definitely still there. So anyone that deals with endometriosis, I really, really feel for you because it is really intense. And, but I also will say that there's, there's so much hope to like get it under control so that it doesn't control your life. Nice. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Thank you. That's uh, yeah. It's that's that's challenging when you're trying to run a business at the best of times. It's challenging. What with oh my god, have that added <laughs> yes. physical and like you say, emotional pain on top. So I mean, kudos mm-hmm. to you for doing that, and great that you found a way to uh, at least manage it a lot better and, and through plant based eating. I guess that's led to you having that point of difference because you're not just a private chef or not just someone who you know does the virtual cooking classes to tickle people's taste buds so to speak of course you do that because you've got to make food delicious yes. but that you also yes. use food to heal so I, I love that exactly. um so well, this has been wonderful but is there anything else you'd like to share with us in terms of your any of your future plans um obviously you're on a book tour at the moment you're yeah. uh, traveling around the around the u.s uh, which is wonderful um anything you'd like to share with us about um any future plans that you've got Vision. Oh my gosh, future plans. Honestly, like if we can. I know it's difficult in a way to, <laughs> to plan for the future given that it's it's so it's uncertain. So <laughs> funny. My husband and I, so we got married in the middle of the pandemic. We eloped because we, you know, canceled our wedding oh, and we're trying to replan it. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. So my biggest future plan right now is to plan our honeymoon. <laughs> Honestly, Aww. I was like, after this book tour, I'm like, okay, we need a vacation because we've been working nonstop since the lockdown hit, um, which is crazy to think it's been a year and a half already. Um, but honestly, next year I have some retreats planned already that I'm cooking for. And I don't really know, to be honest, this book just kind of like came and swept me off my feet and I'm here on this book tour and I'm just like so amazed at how well it's going and maybe another book. I don't know. Like I kind of just want to keep going and obviously take a break somewhere in there um but yeah my, I think I some my, opportunities uh, will come as well like because you've got the book totally. you never know who's yeah see you. I'm sure some amazing opportunities will totally I mean it's always been a big big dream of mine to like have my own cooking show and to be able to have like non-toxic appliances and I definitely have always wanted to be a little bit more of like a, and I it's so I feel awkward saying this out loud but just be like more of a household name and to really like reach more and more people. So that's always been like my big 
big fat, like my mom calls it like a big fat audacious goal. So that's my big, oh, yeah. fat, audacious big hairy audacious goal as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Like I definitely want to show like I would love to be really well connected in that kind of industry as well. Um and yeah, and honestly I'll also say like finding really good work life balance. But because like mm-hmm. ever since the lockdown hit, my work-life balance has been horrible. Like I've just been working all the time. I'm like grinding myself to like, you know, to nothing it feels like some days. And so I'm excited to kind of like once the book tour kind of settles down um, to, and after the holidays, cause the holidays are usually really crazy for me um, to just like find a little bit of balance. I think that would be really nice. Cause when you are an entrepreneur, you don't clock in or clock out. You're always on the clock. So yeah you know, got to like remind myself like work-life balance, like yeah, your business absolutely. will be there tomorrow. Absolutely. And it can help your business as well. I've been reading stuff about, you know, sometimes particularly entrepreneurs, business owners feel like you've got to work, 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 hustle, 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 and not take a break because you'll be more productive. Mm-hmm. But actually they're finding that no, when you take those breaks, you know, to chill out, to read, just allow yourself to even be bored, you know, and have a walk, that actually helps you be more productive, yes. and more creative. So yeah, also, rest is productive. I totally <laughs> totally agree with that. I love it. This has been so lovely speaking with you, uh, Bailey. So everybody, grab yourself a copy of Cook, Heal, Go Vegan, which is available anywhere that you can buy books or eBooks. Um, check out uh, Bay- Bailey's work. You can do that on her website, which is Chef Bay. That's B A I dot Kitchen. If you're watching the video of this, that URL is scrolling along the bottom of your screen. If you're listening to the audio version, then that link will be on the show notes page for this episode. Bailey, it's been so lovely speaking with you. I wish you all the best with your book. I really appreciate you being so honest in your journey and sharing both the challenges and as well as the highlights. I think that's really wonderful. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.